Good morning. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. We're so excited that you decided to join us for our worship service here this morning. We pray that you will have an amazing and unforgettable experience with us today. We know that you were already greeted by one of our greeters before entering our sanctuary, and we know that you were greeted with a smile by one of our ushers before you took your seat. But if you so happen to have any questions about our service today or any information about our church, feel free to see one of our ushers or come back out to our foyer area with our greeters. And we'll give you the information that you're looking for. Any questions that you have, we'll be able to answer that. We're here to serve you, and we pray that you have a great experience with us today. Praise the Lord, everybody. My name is Josiah Scarlett, and I'm here to give you this month's announcements. We just want to remind you that Mondays and Fridays, we have our morning connections from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. via Zoom. If you do not have the Zoom link, please feel free to reach out to one of our ushers or greeters, and we'll gladly provide you with the link. We also want to remind you that Wednesdays from 1230 to 130, we have our afternoon connections, and that's going to be here at the church. Feel free to come by during your lunch break and invite some of your co-workers, some of your friends, family members. We'd love to have anybody come, and we hope to see you there. 
Do you want to grow in the Word of God? If so, please join us Tuesday nights for our discipleship series that's held at 7.30 via Zoom. If you do not have the Zoom link, please feel free to reach out to our ushers and greeters and we will gladly assist you. Feel free to come join us before our morning worship service at 9 a.m. for Sunday school. From the ages 2 and up, there's a class just for you. January 11th to the 13th, save the date, we will have our district youth conference that will be held in Newark, New Jersey. If you have any questions as far as purchasing tickets, transportation, or any other questions, please feel free to reach out to Brother and Sister Hasker or any of our youth leaders. January 26th, 7 p.m. Men, join us at Colonial for a night of fellowship. If you have any questions or if you need to RSVP, please reach out to Brother Daryl Parker and he will assist you. And these are the announcements for the month of January. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date. God bless. Praise the Lord, somebody. This is the day that the Lord has made. Come on and let us rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Are you happy to be in the land of the living? Getting one more opportunity to get it right today. Come on, if that's the case, let's lift them up. Let's praise him and magnify the name, because that's what we're here to do. We are here to praise, we are here to magnify, and we are here to glorify the one true and living God. And his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. We want you to worship with us through song as our praise team sings. Amen. Hallelujah. the name of Jesus. Come on, clap your hands. Lord, your mighty, 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 Lord, your mighty,
will bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, you're mighty.
Come on, the Lord is our shepherd and he goes before us. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. He goes before me. He not only goes before me, but he's my defender. Defender behind me. And because he's my defender, I won't fear. With anointing. Mm. Come on. My cup's overflowing. My cup's overflowing. Can somebody say no weapon can harm me? No weapon can harm me. I Come on, people of God, sing hallelujah. hallelujah. I will never be alone. I am not alone. That sounds good. So, wow, he's my comfort. He's my comfort. And he's always on the throne. Come on, we know we got the mountains and valleys, but he guides us. Mountains and valleys. There's something about that refreshing joy. His joy is refreshing. And it refreshes me to where it restores my soul. Restores my soul. Mercy. Gives me assurance. It gives me assurance. Come on. It gives me assurance that one day I'll see the glory. And I will see that glory face to face. Come on, lift your voices and sing. Hallelujah. I am not alone. I am not alone. No. He's my comfort. He's my comfort. And he always holds me close. Come on. Another time. Hallelujah. You know there's comfort in the Lord. Oh, I will walk. So I will walk. 
to minister in this place. Oh God, if you're worthy, all over this place, we worship you. We bow before you. We give you glory. We give you honor. There is no one like you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Anybody got some worship? Anybody got some worship? Anybody got a plug back in? Hallelujah! Anybody got a plug back in? Oh God, I need you. You are my strength. You are my strength. You are my strength. In the midnight hour, you are my strength. Oh God, in the plug back in. Plug back in. Oh God, I need you. I need you in this place. I need you in this place. God, I need you. 
There's some strongholds gotta be broken. Oh God, there's some things that need to be loose. There's some oh God, somebody needs to be healed. Somebody needs to be delivered. Somebody needs to be set Hallelujah. We bless the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. We welcome you. Hallelujah. For Christ, we welcome you to. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Christ in the church where Christ is our central focus. Amen. Welcome our online congregation. Anybody here to bless the Lord in this place? I don't know about you, but I need the Lord. Amen. Amen. If your first time, your second time, um, guest, can you raise your hand? Praise God. First time, second time, guest. We appreciate you. If you get a chance and you probably can, you know, greet our pastor after service, don't leave without greeting the, the, our, our man of God. Amen? Amen. We love to, um, we appreciate you being here. Those who are online, we appreciate you. We do have a, a few announcements. Um, we have our, on the tree, today is our last day of giving it's due today, um, Christmas for Christ. Amen. Um, these actual these offerings go out to our headquarters, and they go out to um, support other churches. Amen. So that they can finish the work. Amen. So if you um, again, it's some, we do have more envelopes in the back. Again, when you give, um, again it goes to our headquarters, and they go out to those who are. Um, starting churches that needs funds, amen? So we want to be a blessing. If you want to be a blessing, help us again to give, amen? Amen. Amen. Also, this week is our youth conference. Um, if you um, have youth, and we have an amazing conference this week. Um, see um, our brother Hasker. Is he in the house? Or see our brother, brother Ethan. Also, they have tickets for our youth explosion or our youth conference. Amen. 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 It's offering time. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. And say, neighbor, it's offering time. You know, this is the time of worship. Amen. This is also a part of worship. Amen. The Bible says uh, what we. What we sow is what we reap. Amen? I talk about reciprocity. I really, really believe that. Um, I'm really strongly, I think, been on my spirit so much. Um, what you give is what you're going to receive. Amen? What you give is what you're going to receive. Amen? Anything you put in, you get out. Amen? Anything you put in the bank, you withdraw. Amen? You don't got nothing in the bank, you don't got nothing to withdraw, right? Amen. 
always, this is always gets me when I think about giving. When I give my wife like a seed or, you know, we produce, and I'm going to say that nicely, I, she gives me back, we produce, I give, she gives me back a child, right? I'm being nice. <laughs> if I give her food, right, she gives me back a meal, right? If I give her a home or a house, she gives me back a home, right? If I give her frustration, she gives me back. Y'all get it. (laughs) So whatever we give is what we're going to receive, right? So if we don't like, watch this, what we are receiving, we got to change what we are what? Amen. I think we get it. (laughs) Praise God. So let's all stand. But yes, this is the new year. Amen. Uh, We had our mental workshop. If y'all was here, it was a blessing. Amen. It was such a blessing. And they talked about doing something measurable. Like um, our New Year's resolution or, you know, we're changing some things in, in your life. If you're doing the same thing, getting the same results, that means you got to change, right? Amen? So if you want to give more, that means you got to give more. You want to give more? Give more. Amen? Amen? So this year, if you were getting the same thing last year, change it. Make a, a New Year resolution and give more to God. Amen? And you will get more. Amen? Let's all stand. We want to pray for our offering because I want God to bless you. Sometimes the devil hinder our giving. Amen. He hinder our giving because we're afraid to give. I pray that God will open up our hearts that we'll be able to give freely, not grudgingly, not out of necessity, but we will give willingly so that God will give back unto us. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We praise you. Father, we magnify you. Lord God, you said try you. And you, oh God, you will open up the windows of heaven. And you will give us, almighty God, a blessing, oh God. Shake down. Press. Running over, oh God. Father, Lord God, bless your people, God. That we, Almighty God, will be, oh God, will be a blessing to others, oh God. That you will bless our homes and our families, Almighty God. Remove, Almighty God, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever hindrance, oh God, is stopping our blessing, Almighty God. Touch us right now, Almighty God. Dispatch your angels, oh God, around us, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, I pray right now that you will bless your people, that you will open up a window, that you, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ, open up the windows of heaven. Bless your people, God like never before God Lord God let your will be done we bless you we praise you in Jesus name we pray amen obey your ushers
praise is what I do. As I praise and worship, get ready to sing our one song before the man of God comes with the word. I want you to stand with us. I'm inviting you to stand. Somebody always, you know, sometimes you want the Lord to wrap you in your arm, in his arm. And this is a song that we're about to sing. Wrap me in your arms. There's nothing like being in the arms of the Lord. Hallelujah. So as we sing this, come on, you can sing this with us. Wrap me in your arms to take me to the place. Hallelujah.
love you, Lord? Anybody love the Lord this morning? Anybody grateful that God has kept you, that God is keeping you? Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to the first Sunday of 2024. You got it right. Tell your neighbor you got it right. You got it right. You found yourself in the house of the Lord on the very first Sunday of the year. Thank you, Jesus. He brought us to this point. And because he brought us to this point, we can trust and believe that he's going to take us further. God doesn't do anything by accident. He doesn't do anything just to do it. But he is purposeful about everything that he does. And if you're here this morning, it's because it's on purpose that you're here this morning. God brought you to this place. What a great time we've been having in the Lord. We had a great New Year's Eve watch night service. It was amazing. We thank God. We had church that day. We thank God for it. And then yesterday, we had our mental health and mental health and wellness seminar Friday evening and Saturday morning, and it was fantastic. We want to make sure we are a church that will do everything that we can to help you be the best you. God has called you to be the best you. We hear that all the time. I want to be the best version of myself. And we can only be the best version of ourselves when we allow God to make us the best version. You can't be the best version of yourself on your own or even with the help of people. We must have God be at the center of our life to be the best version of ourselves. And God has given us wonderful people that are just amazing with gifts and talents that can help us in the areas that we may not understand. And so God will use people accordingly. And we were really blessed by four young ladies um, from our church and our family that they were just amazing in bringing things to, to our understanding that we need to know. And what's great about them, they're Christian young ladies, so they're not giving you a secular perspective on mental health. They, they're giving it to you from a, 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 a biblical, from the Word of God perspective, and you can't get any better than that. They were really good, and God has blessed them. When God really blesses you real good, when He blesses you in a, in a way where you will allow Him to, what you have will bless you, your family, and the kingdom of God. If you find yourself blessed, but only you and your family are blessed, you better rethink how you came to that place. Because when God blesses us, he blesses us for ourselves, for those that are around us, and for the body of Christ. He does. He does. You may be seated. I have a couple of things that I need to get through before... Uh, I preach the word of the Lord today. Again, welcome everyone to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. It's all about Jesus. And why is it all about Jesus? Because Jesus is Almighty God manifest. 
So when we say Jesus, we're not making him separate. We're just saying God and call him by his name. So Jesus is God's name. And so we're thankful for all that he's doing. And we welcome you, our family that are online. Um, and those of you that are here in person, we love you. We're so glad that you're here this morning. And uh, we want you to know to our guests, whatever we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate. Just pull me, one of our leaders, and we will surely do all that we can to assist you in whatever God has for you. Because God has something for you. Amen. So we have a couple of things that I want to go through really quick. The first one I think I want to do is... um, Sister Rosalie, come here. You and I are still friends. I don't know about Shauna, Ethan, Tim. Who else? All the people that's affiliated with you, I don't know about them. Because yesterday, actually, let me start with Tim. Tim and I have been talking for a while, and we're going through how we want to do what we're going to do. Well, he's going to do it, but, you know, I had a part of the plan. And so having a part of the plan... I'm working with this brother. And the last thing I told this brother yesterday before he leaves, send me picture, video, something. I told Ethan that. I gave Sean of the heads. Yeah, look me out. When I was getting ready to lay down, my wife would tell you, I looked at my phone. Nothing. I just put my phone down out of frustration. I said, nobody hit me up. And then Ethan this morning over there about 945, hey, I said, I don't want to see that. Don't even show me that. Try to show me something at 9.45 the next day when I was in the dead center of all of this plan. These folks, man, I tell you. So come here for a second. I don't want to be beeping. So turn around. I want everybody to know this fine young lady is off the market. She is no longer on the market. Come on, show us your hand so we can see, you know, girls know how to, oh, I didn't know that's how you do it, that's how you do it. I, I guess you can come now, Tim, I guess you can come, I guess you can, I guess you can come. I'm still salty, but I guess you can come. I got to do it right even if I'm salty. So this is the person that proposed to her and she said yes. So here's the guy that took her off the market. From the day I heard about him and the first time I met him, I said he was going to make it work. And so, Brother Tim, big respect. You do the right thing. I know you're going to make a good husband, and I know you're going to do the right thing. And if you don't, you know I got a lot of weapons at my house. And I tell all the brothers that get with the sisters in here, because they're all my daughters, you mess up. You know, and I'm like, you know, you know, I'm foreigner, so, you know, machetes. You know, Americans don't know about machetes. All Americans know about is guns. You know, foreigners, we know about machetes and guns and broken bottles and all kind of stuff. So just let you know, congratulations to your vote. I'm happy for you. You know I love your vote, and I'm here for you. And we'll start our counseling and get going and work toward that day of Here Comes the Brown. God bless you. Thank you. Come take a picture. All right, Ethan. Come on. All right. Thank you so much. 
good job. Love you. Amen. That's what's going on around here. The other thing I want to tell you about is Sister Guthrie. Come on, Sister Guthrie. This is one of our minister's wife. Why are you shy and all that stuff? What's happening? Is, is, is everything okay? Yeah? You want to turn around and be like this? She's got a baby girl that's getting ready to come out into this world. Husband, come on and join your wife. Look at you. He's he been smiling before. Yeah. Give him credit. Since he's been married, he's been smiling. They've only been married for two years, two or three. Two. Two years. And it, I mean, right up before he got married, he's been smiling. And since he got married, he's been smiling. And you know, he's smiling just a little bit more now that he got his baby girl. Gestation is taking place right now in mommy. Congratulations to you both. We're happy for you. And we know you're going to raise a great baby girl in Christ. Thank you. Picture. Got to take picture with them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, oh boy. And so, I got another one for you. If you were planning to be the first one to get baptized in the new year, sorry, somebody beat you to it. And so our first baptism in the name of Jesus Christ in 2024 goes to Mariah Revelas. Come on, Sister Mariah. Can't nobody else say they were the first to get baptized in this church in 2024. Come get your baptism certificate. That is yours. Hold it. We need pictures around here. And bring it down. Yes. Congratulations. Job well done. She's an awesome young lady. Awesome, awesome. I was talking to my goddaughter. She was one of the ladies that did the mental health wellness seminar. And I was telling her that I need her to put together some lessons learned and some experiences along with the Word of God to talk about what it's like to grow up in church and have to get to a place to make a decision that I am no longer living for God by my parents' guidance and and by what my parents say, but I'm now living for God because I have decided on my own to live for God. And for those of you that don't know, that's big. We raise our children in church, and they just go through the motions of kind of just following us, doing what we do. Some of them get really bitter and walk away from God because we took them through a lot to get to where we got to get to. But I always say this, if we didn't do what we did, we couldn't be where we are today. And so for some of our children, you know, it kind of 
with the help of the devil, they get frustrated and says, ah, oh, you know, we didn't have to do all of that. But, you know, eventually if we just keep praying, the Bible says, train up a child in the way they must go. And when they are old, they shall not depart from the faith. And so, you know, we don't like to see our children not get it right, right away. But you know what? We're trusting that we raise them up in God and they will continue walking with God. But there must come a day when every one of us, including the children that we raise in church, decide that, you know what? I'm doing this for myself because I had my own encounter, my own experience with God that I'm going to do this on my own. Mom, Dad, I thank you for how you brought me up. I thank you for all that you did. Some of it I thought was crazy, but now I know it wasn't so crazy because I got it now for myself. You only think this is crazy when you're doing it for somebody else. But when you start doing it for yourself, you know this is not crazy. This is what I need to do to have a right relationship with Christ. Because everything around us is trying to prevent us from serving the Lord, from being a good Christian. Everything that's around us in this world will try to prevent that. And so we have to hold on to the Lord. And Mariah was raised in church. She was born in church. And so, you know, she go to church with her family and all of that. But I think her mom said probably about 2020, 2019, somewhere around there, she started kind of looking into this for herself. She started having her own experiences with God where she started paying attention to it. And so when she decided to get baptized, and by the way, she got rebaptized because when she was eight years old, she got baptized. And because now she's, she's experiencing this on her own for herself and not for her parents, she said, I want to get rebaptized. And so about 2019, God start, started dealing with her. And the day came, which was yesterday, well, not even yesterday, a couple of days before, I got a text. Read the text. Hey, Pastor, this is Mariah. I was wondering if you would be available to baptize me on blah, blah, blah day. I said, sure. What time would you like? And she said, well, I was thinking around this time. I said, I'm available all the time. What do you want to do? And so we scheduled a time. And yesterday we were, she was here yesterday for the uh, mental health wellness seminar. And so, you know, we kind of left here maybe about 1230, close to one. I said, we good to go still for two? She said, absolutely. And she, we left for about an hour, came back at two. She was ready to go. I said, man, that's somebody that's on a mission. This is why, let me tell you this, secret secret. When we come up, I, I would advise all of us, don't even make excuses even when you can. Don't even bother with excuses. Because one thing I can tell you, when all of us make our mind up, ain't nothing stopping us. You hear me? I'm going to preach to you this morning. You'll see. When we make our minds up to do what we said we want to do, nothing stops us. So instead of making excuses, probably the best way to go about things is to say, I'm just not ready. You know, when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, I'm just not ready. But don't give us no excuses because people do what they want to do when they're ready to do it. That's hard preaching already? All right. Let's stand and go on the Word of God. Mariah, congratulations. Guthrie, congratulations. Sister Rosalie and Brother Tim, congratulations. I'm happy for all of you, and I look forward to just seeing what God will do in your lives. And so let's just keep it going. Keep doing what God called us to do, and let's see what God has to say to us today. Because trust me, there's something for us to hear today 
from the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. We welcome all of our guests. I am just so uh, overjoyed to see all of you. And I like to tell all of our guests that I know you came here this morning. You got out your bed. You know, you got dressed, got yourself together and came. Uh, And that's wonderful. But can I tell you, it was all orchestrated by the Lord. You're not here because it's coincidence or because you decided, well, you know what, I'm going to church today. No, God orchestrated it only the way God can. So whether it's God putting a thought in your heart, in your mind, whether it's God using somebody to remind you of something, whether it's God working in your life all the way up to this point to say, all right, today is it. Whether it's that way or some other way, you got here this morning because the Lord wanted you to be here. And so just know that God is working in your life as we speak. He's working. And so I thank God for you and I welcome you. And I pray before this day is through in this service, you will receive from the Lord. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. If you will stand with me for the reading of the word of God, if you are able to, I would really appreciate it. I'm just going to ask you to stand at the opening opening of the reading of the word of God. And after that, you don't have to stand unless you want to stand. And by the way, you can stand while the preaching of the word is going on. This is not that kind of church. You know what I mean? Some churches, when you stand while the preaching going on, you're out of order. <laughs> oh, help us, Lord. Genesis chapter 11, verse number 1. The scripture says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar or Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick from stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth. And they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, or some people say Babel. Because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. 
You may be seated. Today, I want to talk to you and share with you the word of the Lord on this topic. Unfinished towers. Unfinished towers. Listen to me carefully. Adam and Eve sinned. But God clothed them and promised to send the world a redeemer. Cain killed his brother Abel, but God sent Seth to carry on the godly line. The Sethites intermarried with the godless Canaanites, and God had to wipe the earth clean with a flood. Can I stop there and tell you, pay attention to that. The Bible says God didn't send a flood when the brother killed the other brother. God didn't send the flood to destroy the whole earth when Adam and Eve, well, Adam really sinned, when Adam sinned. But when the godly decide to intermingle or interact with the ungodly, God decide, I got to start this thing over. Think about that for a minute. Why would God want to start over when godly intermarry with ungodly? You know why? Because everybody will become ungodly. And it defeats the purpose of why human would be here. If all human society, all human people are ungodly, it defeats the purpose of creation of human. Quiet. This is what our world don't understand, and maybe a lot of Christians don't understand. God didn't intend to bring a people that would just be rebellious against him. He wanted to bring a people like him that would have fellowship and communion and, and, and relationship and, and, and be together, but you got to be one to be together. You got to be of the same mind to be together. And so when people decide, I'm going to try to merge ungodliness with godliness, you get ready to see God do something. This is why probably I'm preaching about this today. Because I feel strongly about talking about this today, about us Blurring the lines of godliness and ungodliness. And then when we see all kind of things break out, we're wondering what's happening. It's happening because we try to blur or try to merge godliness with ungodliness. It can't work. God will always get involved when we start doing that. But Noah and his family believed God's word and were speared. It is by the families, watch this, it is by the families of the sons of Noah that the nations were divided in the earth after the flood. So check this out. We are one people, all created by the almighty God. We may be different and speak different languages. We may have different cultures, but we are no different as people. We all came from the family of Noah. I feel 
So I feel empathy toward our world when we're trying to separate ourselves or make ourselves more important or make ourselves more special or, or this nationality is better than this nationality or this race is better than this race. I feel empathy for our people when we begin to do that because this world started with one people, with one family, and we're here because of how it got started. And none of us is different than any one of us. We're all the same. We bleed the same. We have the same blood. And guess what? God gave us the same kind of soul. We're people. We're the same. I don't care what your skin complexion is. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care where you were born. We are all the same. And when we start differentiating ourselves from this race and that race, we are wrong and we're not un- we're ungodly. We're not godly. It gets on my nerves as a black man to hear people start saying, we got to make special, you know, note for this. What are we doing? We only need to do that when we don't have God. When you have God, you don't have to differentiate what nationality you are, where you came from, what language you speak. You just know we're one people. We came from God and we're all, if we do right, going back to where we came from. His name is Jesus. What are we doing? Every culture and race is trying to... Over here is this culture. Over here is this race. What are we doing? One people. One people. God created all of us. One of the main emphasis in this scriptural occurrence in the text we read is how mankind was trying to establish a world. Let me say it this way. Establish a world state that is in opposition of God's divine rule. That's what you were reading. Man is trying to establish a world state that is in opposition with God's rulership. <laughs> the scripture says as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. This was the beginning of the name of the great capital of ancient Babylonia. Because man wanted to go do what they wanted to do. From the creation of mankind, we have been seeking how to bless ourselves as opposed to gladly receiving the blessings that God provides. I see it all day long and I'm shaking my head. Watch us struggling, thinking we're smart to go bless ourselves when God is saying, if you serve me, I'll bless you. What are you worrying about? Why are you chasing out the blessing that you got to work hard and toil and labor for? You don't have to do that if you serve me. If you become my child through being born again and follow me and obey me, I will take care of you. I will bless you. You don't have to run at the blessings. You don't have to create your own blessings. I will bless you. <laughs> It is interesting how we leave the blessings of God to go chase things where the greatest of our hopes will turn to ruins. Uh huh. We're going to go chase our own blessings, create our own blessings, and all it will become is ruin. 
Mm-hmm. We don't think like that when we start it up. We have all these great grandiose plan and this is what I'm going to do and that's what we're going to do. You know how many people are dying leaving this world with a whole bunch of regret? They're leaving this place dropping like flies with a whole bunch of regret. I've said this before to this church, and I'll say it again. If I die today, this man that you're looking at has overachieved. Overachieved. Because God, at the age of 26, well, I know he was working in my life even before I was born, but at the age of 26, he started doing some work in my heart, and I started responding and following him. And since 26 till today, all that I am, all that I've achieved, all that I've done is only because of the goodness, the grace, and the mercy of God. It's not because of education. It's not because of ability. It's not because of talent. It's not because of ingenuity. It's all because God has been good to me. It's all because God has shaped me and molded me and made me. It is about you and I submitting to God and let God do what he can in our lives. Listen to me. God desires from all of us, or for all of us, to be unified. God desires unity for humanity, for his purpose, from the very beginning that he created man. But man wants to empower themselves and unify themselves for their own purpose. Truth. Or, no, no, let me change it. Young people, facts. There's a bigger crowd. When Iceland, our neighbors over here, have something going on, what they call it, tournaments. There's a bigger crowd over in Iceland when they have tournaments than when we have service here. Facts. So we will get together as people for our own purpose and shun the purpose of God when God created us from the very beginning to be unified in him. Facts. Facts. This is why I started out by telling you this morning, let's kind of put aside excuses. Because if we start making excuses, we're just going to dig a hole for ourselves. Because the truth of the matter is, whatever we're not doing is because we're not ready to do it. It's because we don't want to do it. It's not because we can't do it. So let's not make excuses anymore to say, well, you know, I was trying. Don't say it. Either stay quiet or just say, I just wasn't ready for that. Tell the truth. We want to look good. But we don't want to just accept what comes with the looking good. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, I had made some plans and, you know, this was really something I had to do. Yeah, you're going to try to let yourself look good. You don't let yourself try to look good. Don't do it. Just said, I guess I'm not ready, man. I need to get it together if this is going to be everything for me. But don't make excuses. Hmm. Man wants to remain doing their own thing. God wants man to go and do his thing. 
Man wants to remain and do his thing. God wants man to go and do God's thing. (laughs) Help us, Holy Ghost. Man can assemble themselves together, but until the purpose is to glorify God, their assembling is meaningless. Everything we do to suit ourselves, if God is not in the midst of it, it's all going to be meaningless. Case in point, we read about the people assembling themselves to build the Tower of Babel. That tower never got completed. Why? Because God confounded their language so they could not understand each other and they had to separate from building that tower. They thought they was doing something. Look at this. See how high it is? Man, we're going to reach up into heaven. Let's keep going. That's how we think. We're getting ready to do something nobody else has ever done. I'm getting ready to do something nobody else did. One of the reasons why I ain't been to Dubai yet. Sorry for all y'all that have been to Dubai. But I don't trust that place. Because that, that was a man saying, or men saying, we're going to show them. See this place? That's just water and, and, and just nothing. We're going to dump it up. We're going to make it into a, a land, a city. And we gonna because we're going to show people best place in the world. I'm not going to Dubai. I'm not mad at whoever wants to go. Some people have gone there and made it back. Congratulations. <laughs> but me, I'm good. Remember the Titanic? <laughs> That's Dubai. <laughs> they built the Titanic and says, not even God himself. Anytime men start boasting how great they are, I'm staying far away from them. Because I don't want nothing to splash on me when they get ready to get taken out by God. <laughs> My Lord. Babel illustrates the power and the weakness of man. There is great power of scheming. Great power of working. Only to end in ignominious. Failure. So it is in all the ways of life. There is a way of spending force for naught. And there is a scheming that is not working. It's just inflation. We think that we're doing something, but it's just inflation. Before we begin to build, we need to ask ourselves, how will I finish? (laughs) <laughs> or whether we shall finish at all. We, we make these great plans of what we're going to do. We make these fantastic plans of what we can accomplish. And we, then we stop and ask ourselves, will we even finish it? Will we even accomplish what we think we are supposed to accomplish? And then the biggest question is, uh, is God in it? Before we build, or before we begin to build, can we tell if we will ever finish? Because, you know what's great about that? 
take no thought for your life. For your life is but a vapor that appeared for a little time. Then it vanishes away. We must say, if the Lord will. Not what we will. Because we are not in control how long we're going to live or when we're going to die. Almighty God is in control of that. And so it's, it's ignorant of us to make plans without God like we have it under control, what we will fulfill, what we will complete, what we will get done, and we don't know if we're going to leave here today. You and I, we have relatives that have died, and many of them didn't know they were dying when they died. My father-in-law died a couple of years ago, and... He has a house in Jamaica and a house in America. And he likes to go home to Jamaica when it's cold here and come back when it's warm here. And when he died, when we go, went back to the house, his suitcases were all laid out. He was packing to go home for the winter. But we want to keep planning, keep doing our thing. Oh, I'm going to do this. How you know you're going to get to do it? How you know it will be completed? We have to stop living like this, thinking that we're going to do this and we're going to do that, and God is not included in it. And I don't mean included by telling God what you're going to do. We don't tell God. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. And God is all-present. So we don't tell God. We ask God. Lord, I'm thinking about building a nice house, you know, and I want to, you know, build something for the family. And, you know, what, what do you think, Lord? And you wait. And you don't move another muscle until he tells you. <laughs> In Joshua 24, verse 13, the scripture says this. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor. And cities which ye build not, and ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and of the olive yards, which ye planted not, did you eat. God is letting us know, I will give you what you need, and you don't even have to labor for it. Some of you may have heard this story before. But I have a pastor friend down in Louisiana, down in Bossier City. Shouldn't even call the city name, but anyway, y'all probably don't know where that is. But, but, but nice man. And my wife and I went down to minister at their church, and they were going to have us over at the church that night. And before we went over, he sat us down and says, listen now, I got to tell you this. I've got a nice house. It's in a gated community. It's really nice, and it's not something I can afford. And I'm always so embarrassed when I'm going to bring people over for the first time because people think that, you know, I'm overindulgent and that I'm loaded. I said, I, I, my response was, Pastor, you've been pastoring for 40, 50 years. You deserve that. Don't worry about it. I mean, you probably earned that. And he says, no, 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 that's not what happened. He says, we had some people in our church that w was well-to-do, and they were moving out of town. And they came to us and said, Pastor, we want to give you this house. So we read the Bible and we think because it ain't happening for us. I don't know about that. God will give you houses you didn't build. 
God will give you land you didn't labor for. If he said it, he will do it. But we're so busy trying to bless ourselves that none of us, many of us don't get to experience it because we want to bless ourselves. We're not waiting for God to bless us. We want to bless ourselves. How about we stop planning to do our own thing and wait for God? And maybe we'll labor less for the things of this world. We'll labor less for material things and God will bless us with the things that we desire. Why waste time scheming, building our own towers and cities when God can give them to us? Our self-reliance, our self-preservation, and prideful ambitions will always put us in opposition with God. They wanted more than a city and a tower. Here's the secret. They wanted a name. Go back and read it if you didn't catch it when we read it. Not only did they want to build cities that they wanted to build, not only did they want to build the tower that they wanted to build, but they were doing it because they wanted a name. Look at us. Look what we have accomplished. And I'm telling you, church, if that's how we're going to live our life, we're going to die disappointing or disappointed. They wanted a name. That has been the ruin of many people. Anything for a name. We're all trying to let people know who we are. We're doing things to just prove that we have arrived. We have men that become pastors because that's their way of telling you, I am somebody. Not because God called them, not because God told them to go, but they want the world to know, I'm somebody. So even the church, we're trying to struggle to, to get a name. I told y'all a long time ago, I am very uncomfortable in this place. And as soon as God sent y'all a new pastor, I'm glad. Because I, I don't want to get no name. And I don't want nobody talking about me being anybody great. Because I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm not great. It's only by the grace of God I stand before you. Don't give me no name. Don't give me no name. Back when I was growing up, <laughs> unfortunately, when you went through this area, you know, the first thing people say, you know, Pastor so-and-so. Everybody was being identified by Pastor so-and-so. Well, I want y'all to identify Christ-centered church where Christ is a central focus. You heard the name of the church? Christ-centered church where Christ is a central focus. Who the pastor? I can't remember his name. That's just how we want it. That's just how we want it here. Uh-huh. One thing is clear, that God is observant of human plans. He knows our purpose. He overhears our secret communing. He allowed men to build for a while. And in time of their rejoicing over the work of their hands, he throws the city and tower to dust. We're steady building, trying to get a name for ourselves. And we said, look at what I'm doing. I got it going on. But trust me, church, if it ain't for God, sooner or later, what you're building, it will come down to nothing. And you will say, all that time I put into it, all the effort and all the money I've spent, and now look, because you wasn't doing it for Christ. You was doing it for you. 
you was making a name for yourself. And because it was about your name and because it was about what you're trying to, you know, to, to show people, prove to people about who you are, it came down to nothing. The error of these people was not in having a plan, but in having a plan without God. God allow us to be builders. He give us that kind of insight and knowledge. God allow us to do things. But when we're doing it to say, look at me, when we're not even responsible for us coming here. But, but we want to say, look at me. How you're taking credit when you don't even know how you came about. But we're taking credit. It is interesting to see what the Lord did to stop their plan in its tracks. He could have just caused an earthquake that would shake the tower until it fell. But he didn't. God, why you didn't just let an earthquake come where that tower just start rocking and just come right on down? Well, I was digging in this text. I was digging in this text. God used language to stop their plans. <laughs> language is the audible expression of emotions, concepts, and thoughts of the mind. Therefore, the confusion of languages at the Tower of Babel was the Lord confounding their mind. So we think God caused them. I've seen people uh, that didn't speak the same language work together and get something done. Have you? So how is this possible? How is this possible that all God did was, was, was confound their language and now they couldn't understand each other and they couldn't stay together and build? Why? I don't understand that. When I've seen people that didn't speak the same language still... They'll work together and get things done because we're just going shallow. God went and messed with their mind. So when their mind was different and confounded, their expression was so different. Because when we, when, when, when the things you think about is not the things I think about and, and our expressions become different. We come to church, secret. We come to church, and when the praise and worship team sings fast music, everybody's involved. Because everybody can move to the rhythm, move to the beat. But when we slow it down, and we sing slow songs, slow songs is what's considered worship songs. The Bible says we can only worship God in spirit and in truth. If you don't know truth, you can't worship God. So when we slow it down, I mean, probably about a quarter of the congregation is still worshiping. The other three quarters are just either standing or sitting. Because guess what? They don't really know how to worship. Mm -hmm. Secret. So the bottom line is, it's what's in our mind. That determine our expressions. If I know God and I know his word and his truth, I can worship. 
And those of you that know God and understand his word, you can worship. And so we are expressing the same kind of things, maybe in different ways, but we're expressing the same kind of things while others are saying, yeah, what's going on here? If they would just sing another song that's a little bit more up-tempo, that would be great. Because then I can get involved. Right now they're doing stuff that, you know, because it's all in the mind. It's how we process. It's how we see the Lord. It's what we understand of God. So when God says he confound their language, he was moving and working in their mind. Preacher, prove that. Let me show you how deep this is. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse number 11, you probably didn't even know this was in the Bible. Watch this. And for this cause, God, somebody say God. God. Not the devil, not people. Somebody say God. God. God shall send them strong that they should believe. Did you know that was in the Bible? So think about that and think about Babel now. God can send us strong delusions. And make us believe something that's really not really true. And watch what God says. Ready for this? This is good stuff right here. Verse 12 says that they all might be damned who believe. It's heavy, man. If y'all know how heavy that is. Anytime we read God's word and we determine not to want to believe it, God will send us a strong delusion if we keep on resisting and keep rejecting it. He will send us a delusion to make us believe what we want to believe. That's what's happening to a lot of people. I talk about being holy all the time. And when I start talking about it, people get uncomfortable. They don't want to hear about it. They're like, eh, you know, it ain't what you think, Pastor. It's something different. And I let y'all think all of that in your mind. But wait, let me tell you, if you don't think holiness is what it is, God will send you a strong delusion that you will believe it to be something else other than what it is. Oh, you know, holiness, you know, some people dress... Like they're holy, but they're not. I ain't talking of, I'm, I'm not talking about what other people do. I'm just telling you, God says, I am holy, and he wants us to be holy. And if we don't be holy people and keep resisting practicing holiness, sooner or later, we will believe holiness means we can be naked and it's okay. That's what strong delusion lets you believe a lie. And you will fight and try to uphold it and say, you can't tell me. because, And you will argue all day. And that really just means you have a strong delusion. Because you didn't love the truth. God's word is truth. God is truth. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth. So he is truth. Whatever he says is truth. If we don't accept it as truth, that's our business. You know, we, we, we want to tell sometimes people who have been into places and have done stuff, and we want to tell them something different, and we haven't been there. That drives me crazy. Like, you're telling me, well, it ain't really like that. Have you been there? Have you been there? How are you going to tell me what is and what isn't when I've been there and you haven't? But we do that all the time. Well, you know. It's not really like that. And all I just say is, okay, where, you, where have you been? You, you, can you tell me why you know? 
Help us, Holy Ghost. Delusions start in the mind, then expressed in language. Delusion starts in the mind, then it's expressed in language. So God will do that work to, to get us all confounded, get us all twisted up, and now we can, we're going to swear down what we're saying is legit. And it's not legit. And it's all done by God. Unity begins in our mind. <laughs> Depending on our connection to the Spirit of God and the Word of God will determine whether we will ever be unified in God or not. That's heavy, but you'll get it one day. You might not get it today. But the bottom line is, if we're not following truth and we're not willing to obey truth, then it's going to be hard for us to unify with people that want to obey truth. That's following truth. Unity starts in the mind. We just don't say, oh, let's get together. Because we can say, let's get together all we want. But if you see A and I see Z, I'm not getting together with you. And let's think about it. This hasn't changed. Everybody roll with their crew. I don't know if they say it like that, so that just dated me. But everybody roll with their crew. And your crew and you think alike. Nobody rolls with a crew that they don't think like them. Everybody roll with the crew, and the crew says, we're all like this. So I know when I was rolling with my friends, we were all like a certain way. People still tell me today, remember y'all did this? I'm like, all right, yeah, that was way back then. <laughs> but but we, 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 we rolled together because we had things in common. Birds of a feather. That don't change. That don't change. <laughs> Beware of sayings like, God help us. No, you know, no, we like to say this. God helps them that helps themselves. That's a saying. That's not Bible. No. What is biblical is this. God will work with man when man is laboring in accordance to God's will and purpose. That's biblical. So when we start doing God's business, God work with us. But if we do our business, God is not in it. We're doing our business. And God said, go ahead, bless yourself. <laughs> Let's regulate our ambitions by the divine will of God. Let's make certain if we make great plans, we make them with God's name and carry them out in God's strength. The Lord has all forces at his command. However, he has set limits on every man's life. That's, it's not, we're not being wise when we're trying to do stuff without God because we are limited. God is not limited. So if we start out to do anything in God, what, when we come to our limitation, God kicks in. Uh-huh. But, but, but if we do it without God, we're limited and we can only do but so much. This is why it will be left unfinished. What is our motivation for doing the things that we do? If the motivation is for actions or action without God, we're going to end up in trouble. And all our labor will be in vain. The Bible says, except the Lord build a house, they that labor, labor in vain. So if God is not in it when you're doing it, we're doing it in vain. 
Luke chapter 14 verse 28 says, For which of you intending to build a tower? Sit it not down first and count it the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest haply, after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. That's the word of the Lord. And so many of us didn't sit down with God and didn't talk to God about our plans and didn't ask God what should we do, but we started building the foundation. We started laying the foundation. We started saying what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and how this is going to change everything for us and how people are going to have to pay attention to who we are. And we start building and no God in it. Let's learn from all the unfinished towers that we see all around us. Unfinished towers, watch this, are lives that ended disappointingly. <laughs> unfinished towers are lives that are lived trying to make a name for themselves. Every life that doesn't end in Christ. Fulfilling Christ's purpose is an unfinished tower that will end in ruin. That's what we're talking about. We moved from the actual Tower of Babel to the towers of man. The life that we live, the things that we're doing, they're towers. They're towers representing who we are. They're towers to carry our name. They're towers to say, look what I can accomplish. Look what I can do. And we're doing it all in our name. We're doing it all for our reputation. We're doing it all just so we can have a good life and so we can be set up good financially when God can set you up even better financially, when God can give you a name better than any name that you can ever get. The Bible says that when Jesus walked in this world, he hung himself and made himself a servant but when he did all that he was supposed to do he was highly exalted and given a name that's among above every other name if you want a good name go to Jesus if you want a good tower being built up in your life go to Jesus whatever you're trying to accomplish it needs to be done in Jesus let him give you your name let him show you what to build let him show you what to do. Let him show you how to do it because you will get the right name. You will build something that will last. I'm finishing. I'm done. No difficulties usually hinder sin from its undertaking. The Tower of Babel is clear. That's what we read about this morning, so don't disagree with me. Them dudes was building a tower, and I'm sure, you know what I'm going to say? Probably somebody died. A couple of people died building that tower. Why am I saying that? Because I've heard George Washington Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, Arizona Bridge. I can go on and on and on. They said all the bridges when they were being built. Somebody died. So when you're building structure like that, a 
lot of lives can be lost, a lot of harm and danger, a lot of things will, will happen. And the easiest thing to do is just like, ah, I'm not doing this. It's a headache. Too much. But they didn't stop. They kept building. They kept building. They said, we're going to reach up into heaven. And they kept building. When we are doing stuff for ourselves, when we are living for our own purpose, when we want to do what we want to do, nothing stops us, nothing hinders us from keep building and building and building. And they kept building and building. So no difficulty usually hinders sin from its undertaking. But the least little bit of difficulties we receive in the church, we want to quit. I ain't like how the pastor said that. Th- that sister, she just, she judgmental. I came in the door and them people, they, they, they just, yeah, they get on my nerves. Why? Just let me come and let me be. Why y'all trying to hug everybody? The music loud. We say all kind of things. To just exit stage left concerning the things of God. But you're going to build your tower. You're going to build your tower. You get, while you get sick, you're still building your tower. Uh, you're broke. You're trying to find money to keep building your tower. It doesn't matter what's going on. You got a lie, steal, crook, and hook. You're going to do it because you're going to keep building your tower. But to try to build God's tower, to try to do God's will, everything better be perfect. If not, I'm leaving it alone. Woo! In Babylonia, there are at present the remains of three stupendous ruins, each of which have been claimed by different travelers as occupying the site of the Tower of Babel. So it has come down and it's just piles of ruins. And so I've been over in the Middle East, I've been to Israel. And so you go to different quote-unquote sites, you don't know how accurate some of them are. And you go to sites and they say, yeah, this is where this was. Yeah, this is where Sodom and Gomorrah was. This is why we have um, um, the Dead Sea because, you know, that's from stuff. From, so we, we, we can, some things you can trace and say, yeah, that might be legit. But there's a lot of things when you go in the Middle East to look at and, and you're not sure what it is, but they tell you that's from this and that's from that from stuff we read in the Bible. And so the, there's piles of, of ruins that people come to see in the, in the Middle East where, where, where Babel was or the tower was. The evidence of man's unfinished towers is what they're saying when you look at those ruins. Whatever man start without God, it will never get finished. <laughs> uh-huh. This is why a lot of people die regret regretting things watch this though jesus who is almighty god he came and into this world as human still god but he knows how to function as man and as man he said this in john 17 and 4 i have glorified thee on the earth i have finished the work which thou Gave us me to do. 
ain't nobody else finished nothing here on earth if they wasn't doing it for the Lord. Everything that we were doing, it was left to ruins or we were trying to still keep it going and it never kept going. Or somebody else picked up and took it in a different direction. But all that we set out to do, it will always remain unfinished. Never get done. But if you set out to do what God said to do, it will always go right. Babylon will forever be known as the city most characterized by rebellion against God's authority. The desire to earn, watch this, Babylon represents the desire to earn salvation by works. In case you missed it, they were building a tower to reach up into the heaven is what it says. Why were they doing it? They said, according to the word of God, we're going to do this so if there's another flood, we will not be caught up in it. We'll be free. We will escape it. You can't escape and be saved without God. We cannot be saved without God. When the flood came, nobody got saved except for the ones that trusted God. When the flood came, only Noah and his three boys and their wives and his wife, only they got saved because salvation is only by Christ Jesus. Nobody else. Pastor can't give you salvation. Pastor can't give himself salvation. No good sister, no good brother. Nobody can save us but Almighty God. We can't work hard enough to work out our salvation. We can't do enough things to save ourselves. We must obey God's word and God will save us. But we can't do anything to say, I know I'm saved because I did this and I did that. Don't work that way. So the Tower of Babel represents man trying to earn their own salvation. Uh-huh. Idolatry and self-assertion is what they were trying to establish. It stands as a symbol. Babel stands as a symbol of organized rebellion against God. This spirit of Babel is strong throughout the world today. Man certainly did not expect his project to turn, to take such a turn. He did not anticipate that the name he wanted to make for himself would refer to a place of non-communication and confusion. All that will happen when we try to do our own stuff at some point in time, confusion. At some point in time, non-communication. It's time we stop building our own towers and start building God's kingdom. It's time we stop building our own cities and start building up God's people. We're trying to build up ourselves. For what? Okay. I'm finished. I'm finished. When you get to be the smartest girl or the smartest guy in the room, then what? We're so selfish. We want to be smart just so we can make a name for ourselves. I'm smart. I'm the smartest person in the room. Then what when we get smart? You know, I'm finished. I'm finished. I thought about this the other day. As some of you know, I'm from a foreign country. And so I, I, I was looking at stuff and I watched um, what has transpired. And I thought about this the other day. When I was growing up, they had what they call um, 
helpers in some people's homes. Some people were able to, in, in, in Jamaica, was able to afford helpers. They didn't pay them much, but the helpers would come and wash clothes. The helper would come and clean the house. The helper would come and cook and make sure the family is good. The helper would do those things. And it hit me the other day because in my mind, I think I want to be prime minister for Jamaica. I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. No, I, I know. Just give, just give me a break. I can't help it. There's just certain things I see that I want to change, and I can't change it from where I'm at. But here is what came to my mind not long ago. I don't remember any of the families that had helpers that really was trying to set that helper up to be, I don't know, be more taken care of. Where that helper can one day stop doing that job. Nobody had a helper to say, I'm going to make sure one day you're going to be doing a whole lot better than this and you will be able to do some stuff for your family. Because we have this whole mindset of when I get to the top, I'm going to stand at the top and keep everybody below, below me so I can keep reigning as king or queen. That's how we do things. So what are we trying to get smart for? What are we trying to get smart for? What are we trying to get more money for? Because here I go again. I'm going to do America and Jamaica. In Jamaica, we used to have an airline called Air Jamaica. It's not flying anymore. And I'm wondering why in the world can such influential country not have its own airplane? And so I say, for all the millionaire Jamaicans, you're telling me the prime minister can't get everybody together and say, let's put something in the pot together and get this back on the street or in the air and get it going. I know it can be done, but nobody's doing it. In America, we have the inner cities when they're struggling with, 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 with internet service and struggling with getting computers and books and all this stuff. Why can't all the black millionaires give them some money to make sure the inner city is taken care of? Because we want to be on top. That's all we care about. Let me be on top. You stay down there. So all the stuff that we're trying to accomplish, for what? For our name. That's this text. This is why it's so passionate to me. Because I watch, and all we want to do is say, look what I have done. Look what I have achieved. And that was never God's intent. God's intent is that we be one people. God's intent is that we're unified, doing his will, not anybody being above anybody. That was God's intent for us, but we didn't follow through with that. Look at the irony. Stand with me. Look at the irony in the beginning and the ending of this passage. The group at Babel began as the whole earth unified in God. As they were to go, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's what God had told them. Go, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. That's what God had told them, right? But they didn't. They started out obeying God, but deviated. But that didn't stop God's will from being done. This is why everything, just all of our plans amount to ruins. Because watch this, God's purpose will be accomplished in spite of man's arrogance, man's rebellion, and man's defiance. God's plan will be done. 
So it's like fighting against the air when you're trying to do you, build your tower, make sure your plans get done. When all that, if that's all we're doing, it's like fighting against the air. It's like wasting time. Because you're going to find that you will never get it all done. It will never amount to anything. It will never earn your salvation. It will never make you better than what you thought you were. And so God's will will be done in spite of us. Whether we do it or we don't, God's will will be done. Back when we read in this text, the whole earth was corrupt and filled with violence. The Bible says, but Noah, one family. God will always have one person, one family. He will always have somebody that's going to do what he wants. So we can play all the games we want and think, well, the majority is doing this. Go ahead, majority, because at the end, God wins. His plan will be fulfilled. His will will get done no matter what we do or don't do. <laughs> Philippian 1 and 6 says this, Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the end of Jesus Christ. Whatever God starts, he finishes it. Whatever man starts in man's name, it will be unfinished. It will amount to a pile of ruins. Nothing. And you will wonder, what in the world happened? You was building something up for your own self. You was doing something for your own self. And a lot of times we don't think that's what we're doing. I've lived long enough in Christ to watch preachers and saints. Watch all the preachers and watch all the saints that decided to do with God church how they want and not what God wants, and see what happened to that church. Watch all the people that claim they're Christians, saints of God, that was living how they want and not how God wants, and see what happened. Sister Mariah, her and I went to Bible study before I baptized her yesterday because we had time. So, as you're paying attention, because you're very astute, I'm sure there's a lot of people like her. Stop watching the crowd to make your decision. I just gave you the answer. People look like they're living for God, but you don't know whether or not they're doing it for them or for God. So on the outside, it looks like, it look right, but you don't know if they're trying to make a name for themselves. And so when you see them go left or something bad happened to you, what happened? They were trying to make a name for themselves. They were trying to live it their own way. This is why I'm nervous being in this position. Because I'm a man. And I don't ever want to try to do this my own way. I don't want to ever get to the point where I think that I know what I'm doing. I just want to be this way forever until I die or until the next pastor take over. Because I know what ruined us is when we decide 
that it's about us. It's when we decide it's going to be our name. When we decide we're going to do it. And sometimes we even make it sound like it's for God. Yeah, I'm going to do this for God. No, you're not. Deep down, you're doing it for yourself. The trick is, only God knows our thoughts. The devil don't know your thought. I don't know your thought. Your spouse don't know your thought. Your children don't know your thought. Only God knows your thoughts. So when you say you're doing it for God and you're not, God knows. God knows. So instead of we getting all, what happened? What happened? I can't believe. The most likeliest thing, they were doing it unto themselves. They weren't doing it for God. They were doing it unto themselves. It's unfortunate, but that's what we all better take in today. Unfinished towers. Because we started out building towers for ourselves. We are not building what God wants us to build, which is his kingdom and his people. He will take care of the towers. He will take care of the cities. We just need to build his kingdom according to what he commands. We just need to build each other. Go in the Bible tells us that. That we must equip each other. He gave us What we said, prophets and evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles. What it says, for the equipping of the saints, for the building up of the body of Christ. So God will take care of the hard stuff. We just need to do what he tells us. Father, in the name of Jesus. Ah. Body, I speak to you by the authority of the Word of God. You have no right to restrict, to be restricted by any ailments or any sickness. So, sickness, I speak to you and I command you to come out of this body even now by the authority of the Word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. I command your body to be free from ailments and sickness and diseases. And I pray that God will touch you right now with a miraculous touch and that you will be made whole and that you will be healed by the authority of the Word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Be healed, be made whole, be set free in the name of in the name of Jesus come on church let's worship the Lord before you leave here today give him the praise give him the honor give him the praise give him the honor worship Jesus he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he is the most high God let's worship him let's praise him let's lift his name on high let's put our trust in him let's give him our all and walk out of here today free, healed, delivered. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we give you the praise. We give you the praise. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. Bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, you're God Almighty. And we bow down before you. We honor.
God. Somebody praise the name of the Lord. Somebody bless him. Somebody give him honor in this place. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're here today, you've never been baptized. There's people in here that need to be baptized today. Uh, it's up to you. I'm not forcing you, but God has spoken to you today to say, This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You don't need any clothes. We've got robes. You can leave here dry and new. If you will make a decision to get baptized in Jesus' name today, is there anyone? Is there anyone? You can come to the front. If you want to be baptized today, you want all your sins washed away. Oh, hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you the honor and the praise. There is none like you. Lord, as we go from this place today, let your word take root in our heart and grow and produce good fruits. Let the lives of the people that were here today in person and online and those that will hear this message, let their life never be the same again. But I pray for transformation. I pray for deliverance. I pray for salvation. I pray that they will begin to do the work of the Lord, that they will serve you with all their heart, that they will fall in line with your purpose and with your will, and that they will do what you call them to do. God, we're here today to say, do what you will, do what you will, do what you will. Bless our goings, bless our comings, and keep us until we come back together again. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Jesus, you are our strong tower, strong tower, strong tower, strong tower, strong tower, strong tower. He is our strong tower. Jesus is our strong tower. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Great job today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.